You're listening to Kiss My Aesthetic, your go-to podcast for bragworthy branding, marketing, and entrepreneurship advice. I'm your host, Michelle Winterstein of MKW Creative Co. Let's dive into the episode. Welcome back, everybody. You made it to season three of Kiss My Aesthetic. I am so glad that you're here, and I'm so thankful that you've been so patient since our last episode dropped back in December. You may have noticed some things have changed. We have a new theme song. Thanks so much to Eliza and Nathan, who have song credits now at the end of every episode. I'm so obsessed with this remix. I'm calling it the White Lotus remix of our theme song. And I know it's going to be stuck in your head. So if you feel so inspired, please upload videos, reels, TikToks, anything to the theme music. I would love to see it. Another big change happening for us in season three is you will now find Kiss My Aesthetic on YouTube. You guys have been begging me for this. And as almost all podcasters are moving more towards video, I want to make sure that the podcast interviews live somewhere else in long form as well. Of course, you'll see snippets on Reels and TikTok, but we're really excited to dive into YouTube and give this more of a presence on yet another platform. So go follow us over on YouTube. It's at MKW Creative Co., same as everywhere else. Or you can search Kiss My Aesthetic Podcast because it'll be keyworded that way as well. We are also looking for guests for season three. If you are someone that has really, really great branding, marketing, or entrepreneurship advice, and you want to come on the podcast, or you have a client that wants to come on the podcast, or you even just think of somebody who you're dying to hear me interview, please go ahead and send over their information, podcast at mkwcreative.co. We would love to get that conversation going. Before we dive into the next episode, episode 101 of the podcast, I wanted to kind of give some context on who Ashley is. We ended season two with Sawyer, episode 99 from Hemsley Ventures. And if you've been following along on Instagram and TikTok, you know that our team has worked really closely with their team as their outsourced creative department on all kinds of projects like Peach Grove House and Polar Bear Eats and Hemsley Ranch and Hemsley Ventures, uh, the Preston Theater Project, and so many more to come. Rock Hill Cheese. Uh, We're really excited to keep working with these guys. And Ashley is the woman with all the answers. She knows Sawyer so well. She has been her, the second in command in that relationship and that uh, business dominance, the business whole vision for Hemsley Ventures, the world building that we're doing and getting her insights into these projects is really, really cool. Uh, I think you're really going to enjoy the episode and get even more of an idea of what our team has been able to do with them. And it kind of became a nice passing of the baton from season two into season three to end with Sawyer and start with Ashley. So enjoy the rest of the episode. Greetings and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I'm so excited to have another Hemsley Ventures insider. We've got Ashley on the podcast. Welcome, Ashley. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh my goodness. We've worked together so closely over the last, I feel like it's been like six months already, almost seven months. Can you believe it? Yeah, no, no, I can't. I actually feel like it's been almost years, but it really hasn't. (laughs) So it's kind of crazy. Well, just the sheer volume of projects we've been able to work on, which we're going to touch on today, um, is actually quite remarkable. Like I looked at it with my team this morning on our team call. I was like, can you believe like we didn't even know these people a year ago? (laughs) Yeah, that's that's actually really crazy to think about. Right, right. So for anyone who doesn't know you yet, can you tell us who you are, what you do, who you help, how you help them? Yeah, I love that. So my name is Ashley Brinton, and I am the chief of staff here at Hensley Ventures. 
And, you know, Hemsley Ventures, I think we can dive into this a little bit more on like what, what we do and who we help. But we have a little saying here that we love, which is just that we're creating legacies, brands, places, spaces, and memories. And uh, so I help the team do that here at Hemsley Ventures. But, you know, uh, when I'm not at Hemsley Ventures and crushing it in that capacity, then I, uh, I'm i a mom of one kid right now, but I have one on the way very soon. It literally could come any day now. So uh, that's exciting. And then I also own my own business um, as a professional speaker. So kind of dabble in all of those things. Um, and I also work at Crumble Cookies uh, as well, which is actually how I met and found the founder of Hemsley Ventures, uh, Sawyer Hemsley. So anyways, I don't feel like I have a job. I feel like I just have a lifestyle and my job and my life are Ooh. all in one. And I just, every day I just do it all. <laughs> so that's kind of, I that's what's going on. I love that actually. I really resonate with that as well because I'm very similar. Um, I've grown up around entrepreneurs, like my mom starting her own company, my sister, my aunt, my grandmother, my great grandmother had her own company. And they, that was always how I thought of it too, is like, I want a lifestyle with work that supports my lifestyle. And I don't want to just have a lifestyle only after work. Yes, exactly. I totally agree there. Yes. <laughs> so take us back to the beginning and how you got started. Maybe like rewind to where you are an adult and you're out in the world and you're trying to figure out what to do with yourself and how you ended up to here. Yeah. You know, it's kind of crazy. I I had worked at a company for four and a half years. I thought it was my dream company. I was a speaker for them. I loved it. But my ceiling was capped in, in, in the easiest way to explain it. And so I actually quit my job with them while grocery shopping. I literally was just <laughs> buying cereal down an aisle, called my boss and I quit and I put in my two weeks and called my husband and I was like, here we go. And so anyways, then I actually started my own business during that time. Well, during that same time, my husband decided that he wanted to go back to school. Even though we had both graduated, he wanted to switch his career. And so I needed to make faster money than what my business was producing at the time. So what I did is I was one day sitting on the couch on Instagram, looking, just scrolling basically. And Crumble Cookies had posted that they were looking for a trainer. And I was like, that is what I do. And so I applied. Um, I got the job. And when I started, there were only 10 of us at the company. And I trained all of their franchise partners. And I helped, oh I helped them build. Yeah, it was crazy. And I helped them build their training program, which we have now. We have over 300 employees at HQ now. So it is so crazy to look back on and see that. But literally, that's I didn't know anyone here at Crumble. I wasn't a family friend. I wasn't, oh, hey, I went to college with so-and-so. I just right. I literally saw an, an application and applied. But then I helped build the training program. And one day, Sawyer and I were just talking. And he was like, you know, I'd love for you to help me more on the like personal assistant, executive admin side of things. So my role at Crumble changed and I, I started doing that. I started becoming his executive admin, which then led to, hey, I have a lot of personal dreams and goals. Let's accomplish these together. And I absolutely love that he trusted me enough to offer me the position to be the leader of his ventures and his teams over there. And so 
anyway, so then that's kind of how that started with Hemsley Ventures and the chief of staff role in that capacity. So anyways, it's I've worked for Crumble slash Sawyer for four years now. So wow. um, it almost feels like it was just yesterday, but it also feels like it was like 80 years ago because, you know, Crumble such a iconic brand. You feel like it's been around for centuries, but it's only been a company for five years. But it's crazy because I've been there since the start. So uh, it's really cool to see not only the growth of Crumble, but now I get to be literally there the day we started Hemsley Ventures. I was there. And so I can't wait to see that growth one day and be like, oh my gosh, we now have 300 employees or whatever it turns out to be. Totally. No, that's, and my shock and awe of this is I've never actually even heard this story. So it is pretty incredible to be part of something so small that then became, like you said, an iconic brand, so huge. And being in that team of 10, what did you learn? Like, did it have that like typical startup energy that you kind of hear about in like the Silicon Valley kind of way of like, we're going to be scrappy and we're going to do it, like go as hard and fast towards our dream as we can. Or was it like very methodical and measured? And because you and Sawyer have like very complimentary energy, I feel like. Yes, we do. No, I think when, when we first started with 10 people, I mean, I remember the Crumble's office was actually inside of one of crumble stores. It was like in a closet and there was literally no room for all of us to work in there. So some of us would go sit in our cars or we would go sit outside on the grass and work. Um, And then eventually we moved two doors down and we started hiring a few more people. And we thought this like one space was massive and yeah, no, but they've always been, let's run fast. Let's run hard. Let's chase our dreams type of, um, people. And what's really cool is I I joke about it at Crumble, but I kind of joke about it at Hemsley Ventures too, which is we're flying the rocket ship and building it at the same time. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you got to buckle up and get ready because our ideas happen fast and then we just go for them. Um, We don't think about it, which I actually have learned to be one of the most successful things that Crumble did. And I know that that's because of Sawyer. Yeah. And I think that a lot of entrepreneurs get stuck, right? Like I work with business owners all the time and there's a lot of imposter syndrome or doubt or things that can like hold you back. And, and like we've talked about before, and like Sawyer said on the podcast as well, he's like, if we can get 70, 80% of the way there, it's a green light. Like we're, we're going, you know, and, and the rest of the stuff will either fall into place or it won't. But there is kind of that paralyzing fear of like not having all the pieces in the right place. Does that ever get to you? Or are you just kind of like onto the next one, onto the next one? You know, I think it does get to me. And I think that's what makes Sawyer and I work really well together is because I'm the person that pauses and I'm like, okay, but wait, how are we going to do this? And then most of the time his response is, let's do it and we'll figure it out. And then I go and figure it out. And sometimes I have to make that hard phone call where I call him back and I'm like, hey, remember that one time when you said we were going to figure it out? Well, I didn't know there was this paper I had to sign. So Oops. Oops. And then we have to figure it out (laughs) together. And then other times it's like, dude, I crushed that. Who knew that I like, for example, we just bought a cheese company and 48 hours from buying the cheese company within. Yeah. So we bought it. And then 48 hours later, I had to have all the licensing done and switched over in our name. And if it wasn't done within that 48 hour time clock, we would have lost the company. No go. Oh my God. I don't know how to do any of that. Like I'm like that. I don't specialize in this, but what I do specialize in is getting crap done fast, knowing how to just 
grind and I'm really good at doing multiple things at once. And so I actually got it done in 24 hours, which was amazing. Got it all done. And then I was like, cool, now I can breathe and, Uh you know, we have the licensing. So to go back to your question, I think Sawyer and I complement each other well in the sense that sometimes he maybe wants to push a little bit faster. I might pause us, but at the end of the day, I just trust him. I, I take, I take, um, my job, I think I'm pretty lucky to sit really close to someone that's, you know, his Sawyer Hemsley is himself an iconic brand, you know, and right. And I think it's right. really cool that I get to be almost mentored every day by him. So to me, totally. I, think I think that's really cool. Totally. Yeah. There's a book that I just read. And of course, I'm going to forget the title, but it's in my audiobooks. And if I remember, I'll put it in the show notes. But it talks about how every visionary needs and what was the word that they called it? Every visionary needs an implementer. I think that that was the kind of yin and the yang. So you have like the visionary and then integrator. That's what it is. The person that actually can take that big dream and plot it down on paper and hire the right kind of people and keep the project moving. And that that duality is like very rare to find in one person. And so most often, most big creatives, big thinkers, big visionaries need that person that can actually help them implement everything so that they can keep making the big ideas. Because if they get bogged down in detail, then they can't, it's like, it's like, trying to run through mud, right? It's like, I can't keep going the way I want to go. So you have to have that, that up opposite side of the coin. That's like, you know, scooping the mud out for you (laughs) or shoveling the snow, right? Like to make sure that that path can run. It's really cool. I think you guys have a really nice um, balance with that. So tell us a little bit, of course, of course, tell us a little bit about Hemsley Ventures specifically, what it is, what you guys do, and maybe why somebody would want to follow along or just pay attention. I love this question because at the end of the day, there are so many different ways I could answer this. Uh, But the best way that I would say that Hemsley Ventures is summed up is we are a company that is forward thinking. Uh, We're value driven and uh, we are working together to build brands, become nostalgic brands through you know, maybe capital investment, community, uh, strategic brand positioning, all these things. So I I honestly think everyone in the world should follow along because <laughs> one day you're going to hear about it and you're going to be like, oh, I, I followed them from the beginning. But what's cool about Hemsley Ventures is it's not just like, oh, we just specialize in food or, oh, we just specialize in hospitality. You know, we dabble in it all. And uh, we have... Right now, only just a few companies, but, you know, the few that we have, we do them well. And one day we're going to have so many and it's just going to keep growing. So I always think of Hemsley Ventures, the soundtrack that plays in my head when I'm thinking about how to position this brand is the sound of Shark Tank. Like when I can totally (laughs) envision not far in the future, them being like, and and the new shark in the tank, Sawyer Hemsley of Hemsley Ventures, blah, blah, blah. The mission statement, the vision, the everything. <laughs> they do brands and hospitality and food and experience. And like, I just, that's I like, dun, 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 dun. Like I hear the shark tank sound. I feel like that's a good way to explain it. Oh, 100%. And I honestly have thought about that so many times. I'm like, one day we need to get Sawyer to be the guest on 
on Shark Tank because oh, I think he that's could what... totally do it. I think that's <laughs> totally. uh, that totally fits. And we, it's funny because when we were working on the Hemsley Ventures branding, we actually looked at a lot of the sharks and their brands as inspiration. And yeah. one of the cooler ones that we pointed out, even though we agreed that we all hated the logo, was Mark Cuban Companies because you just go on that site and you can just scroll for hours of every business he's involved in. It's so impressive. It is. It's so impressive. And our website right now, like you can't scroll for hours. You can scroll for no. 10 seconds. But <laughs> I'm like, I know we built this website to be able to uphold that many brands and our, you know, all, all the things. So I'm excited for that. Absolutely. Um, Hemsley Ventures, like we said, we're kind of thinking big vision into the future. Everyone should follow because it's just a great follow and it's exciting. What do you think Hemsley Ventures does that's different than other VC groups or investment groups? Like what's the secret sauce? Oh, I love that. I think the secret sauce is passion. Um, Passion behind everything we do. So we don't just say, oh, cool. That's a fun idea. Let's just do it. It's like, no, I've always wanted to be a, I've always wanted to be a cowboy. I've always had this idea of doing this. Okay. Then how do we make that dream become reality? Uh, So it's not, it's, you know, there's passion behind every single thing, which when you have enough passion, you're not going to fail because when you touch it, it will just turn to gold. Like, so you, cause you don't let your passion projects die, you know, like right. that's why people have side hustles. That's why people have your, your typical person works nine to five and then they go home and they have their side hustle. And some people, their side hustle makes money and sometimes it doesn't, but it's still passion to them. So they still do it. And that's right. what makes Hensley Ventures so different is I, I think a lot of other capital companies. I don't really know what the word is there, but I think that they sometimes focus a lot on, oh, just what can make me money and what can make it quick. We're not in that game. We're, We're in a slow game of making money, but we're in the fast game of finding our passions. And the the tie to the hometown, I think, is such an extra like level of like there's so much note of passion. I feel like every time I've talked with you and with Sawyer and Peyton and other people on your team, it's like there's such a strong tie to gratitude for having grown up in a community. Like there's such an emphasis on community. But talk to us about Preston. Had you been to Preston? Were you living in Preston by the time that you applied to Crumble? Have you ever lived in Preston? No, good question. Okay, so Preston okay. is in Idaho. So right. I live in Utah and but Preston is Preston, Idaho is literally 30 minutes away from Utah. So it gets confusing because people that live there, I mean, they go grocery shopping in the state right. of Utah, you know. So right. um, but no, I had never been to Pre- well, I, maybe, maybe I driven through it as a kid or to go camping or to get somewhere else, but I'd never like actively chosen to stop in Preston until I had started working at Hemsley Ventures. And then, um, yeah, but Sawyer grew up in a, in a town called Preston, Idaho. And that is where Hemsley Ventures headquarters is. Now, all of us are remote employees. We do have, we have three or I guess two full-time employees that work in Preston, Idaho. And then five part-time. So they, they can use the office if they see fit. Right. Um, you know, like if it makes sense, but we, so our, we do have a headquarters there. And then yes, we, Sawyer bought a ranch, which is just outside of Preston, Idaho, but basically within Preston, Idaho. And so, yes, a lot of the passion comes from making sure that 
Preston is going to be rebuilt in a way that he remembers as a kid. And the way he talks about Preston, Idaho reminds me of like what you see in Hallmark movies, you know, just like walking down the street and eating yes. the and then eating the, like drinking the soda. And it's not that way right now. Like, honestly, if you were to go there today, I think everyone would kind of be like, what is this? Huh? What's the decision? <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you going to make this? But it's cool because he once had it, he has seen it, and then we are going to rebuild it and rebring it back to this life of what he remembers. So, and I think thanks to the internet, like you see these little small towns pop up as being places that you want to go out of your way to go to because of who they are. And we talked yes. about this as the inspiration of like Joanna Gaines and Chip Gaines with fixer upper and then magnolia like putting waco on the map right like here's a place in texas that i don't think anybody was really stopping through before (laughs) and now it's this whole disneyland world experience because there's so many brands that are there it's becomes their like hallmark thing exactly like this whole storybook world that they've been able to create kind of out of nothing it's it's from a branding side, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot it is. Of fun it's to work so, on. It is so much fun. And it's fun to see it come to life. And, you know, I have the opportunity to really connect and talk to the locals and businesses right. in the area or partnerships. And everyone that everyone we talk to is just so grateful, so excited. And they all are just like, how can we help? What can we do? What can we, you know, can we, can we change this, but we'll help in this way. And It's fun to hear their thoughts as well. A great example of that is the park at the uh, elementary school. Wasn't an all-inclusive park. And when you think about it, most parks are not all-inclusive. And what I mean by that is, do they allow wheelchairs? Do they allow people with, you know, any type of disability or challenge, struggle in their life to use the park like everyone else? And the park in Preston um, at the elementary was not that way. And someone brought that to Sawyer's attention. It really hit a, a like a heartstring nerve with him. And he saw the huge need to change that. So I had the opportunity to meet with the school board, design kind of what it would look like. And then, uh, you know, we donated the money to make it happen. And now it's it's just, it's there. And it's insane to see all, all the kids can play, whether you're in a wheelchair or you are not in a wheelchair, everyone can play on this park. And so I, I just think it's really cool to think like, you know, not only are we coming up with our own passion projects, but we have some other people out there telling us what's passionate to them. They convince us enough. And then we're like, yep, we have passion behind that too. And then we make it happen. Another like neighborhood favorite, talk about passionate. Let's say Polar Bear Eats. I have never seen so much fodder on social media about a brand that like is coming out of retirement and coming back. So tell everyone about Polar Bear Eats, what the project is, and kind of what parts of this brand are you most looking forward to? Because this opening, I think, is going to be something super special. Oh my goodness. I can't wait for the opening of Polar Bear Eats. So yes, this is your typical diner burger joint but coming back alive. So Polar Bear Eats used to exist in Preston, Idaho. And it was just, you know, a mom pa shop. And um, well, they pass it on to their kids. And then they tried to pass it on to their kids, but all their kids said no. And so the brand, you know, just kind of died. And Sawyer was, I don't even know what made him think about bringing it back. But 
I know that he's obsessed with English chips. And I know that nowhere in Preston, Idaho has English chips. And so he was like, how cool would it be if we had English chips and whatever? And I don't know if that was necessarily what made Polar Bear come back to life. But one day he just was like, let's do this. We contacted the old owners and they were willing to sell the name, the recipes, you know, the brand to us. We did it the right way, of course. We didn't want to just steal an idea. Um, and so we we met with them and we've really gotten to learn what made their product so special. And so, you know, it's not just a hamburger. Like we're learning all the little tricks and secrets mm-hmm. that they used to do so that we can bring back this brand that everyone in Preston remembers. And so um, anyways, I'm really excited. We are currently in testing right now of test, like testing the products and, you know, making sure we have that perfect bun and making sure we have that perfect sauce and all the things that make your hamburgers at home, what you want them to be. So you could keep coming back, but our menu is going to be small, not because of lack of wanting it big, but because that's, what's going to make it so cool. We're going to keep it the same exact way it was. You know, we might bring back one or two things that maybe weren't there, or maybe that we remember or that someone else remembers. And that is what's hard about polar bear. Um, is that so many people are talking about shakes that were like, really? Is that a real flavor? Cantaloupe milkshakes. And I was like, cantaloupe? Are you sure? Like, are you sure you don't have amnesia? Like, are you really sure that that was a real Yes. (laughs) Exactly. We're like, is that a real flavor that they used to have? We don't know. So, um, you know, Sawyer's like, I don't remember ever having that. But at the same time, it's like, well, if they do, okay, we'll, we'll take note of it. And so what we're going to do is we're going to have items that come back every now and then, and then your permanent items. And so we'll have like a fun rotating menu with it as well. But yeah, so um, it will be coming very soon. We're we're telling everyone summer of 2023. So that's where we're at right now. And I can't wait to see it actually come to life. And that's also a fun follow on social because we're not open yet and because we don't have like the the recipes nailed down or a ton of photography to work with. We've been having so much fun making like hypotheticals, like getting audience feedback of like, we did a post the other day, wacky burger orders that we found on the internet of just ridiculous combinations of burgers. And <laughs> the amount of comments and replies on these posts were so funny because we kind of drafted them up to look like like guest checks, like like uh, like literally like the when you're taking someone's order and you're sending it to the kitchen. And it's fun to play in that universe. Like I think so much of what we're doing is like world building and universe building. And each of the brands that we've been able to work on, Hemsley Ranch, Polar Bear Eats, Peach Grove House, like Hemsley Ventures, they each have their own persona. Mm-hmm. And it's so fun for our team to like dive into that, right? Because it's almost like, writing for a sitcom or making a play, right? Like you kind of have to put yourself in that body and be like, oh, okay, if I were Polar Bear Eats today, what would I have to share with the world? Like, it's so fun. It's really is like the best job ever. I love that. Well, and you guys are really killing it because for not having any content for Polar Bear Eats, you nailed it right on the head. Like, because sometimes, sometimes I think in my head, like, oh, if only we could be posting a picture of our actual hamburger. But then I'm like, well, one day we only will be posting pictures of our actual hamburgers. We won't be able to live in the space that we're currently in. Let's live it up. Let's enjoy, let's enjoy this space we're currently in. Cause one day the narrative is going to change and we're going to maybe wish that we could go back, (laughs) you know? Yeah. But there's, I think there's still a lot of creativity to be had, right? Like if you have a strong brand and strong color palette, strong persona, strong story, I mean, there's such a tie to the history of this place. Like you really can dig into it in a much deeper way other than just like, come eat this. 
you know, right. like you can actually totally. co- create that community engagement. And I think we have really great community engagement and are really communicating that with Peach Grove House as well. You got to stay at Peach Grove House. Tell us what yes. it was like to stay there as a guest. Oh my goodness. Well, I've actually been there now four times. So I'm obsessed with Peach Grove House. It is my home away from home. But what it is, is it is a historical manor um, house in Warwick, New York. And so it is only 50 minutes away from the city, which I actually love. Uh, I went just barely in October with my family. And when we stayed, we went into the city one day and it was so fun to be like, you know, we're not staying in the city, but we're still having that New York experience. But the home itself is phenomenal. I mean, we offer it in several different pieces of how you can rent this space. You can rent just the upstairs. You can rent just one room downstairs. Um, we call it the basement, but it's not actually underground. No, it's, and so yeah, it's, not, yeah. it's not really a basement. Um, but yeah, so you can stay in one room downstairs, kind of more like a hotel style Or you can rent the whole house where you get the downstairs and the upstairs. So there's like several different ways you can rent the space. And it's just, it's literally like a word I would describe it is home. Like it literally just feels cozy. You feel comfortable there, but yet you feel fancy at the same time because, you know, you, I don't have the, the wood that they have. And I don't think anyone has that type of wood. I mean, our, our floors are historical and that's what makes them so cool. And those walls, like you, you sit there in the living room at night when you're winding down and you can just tell, like the walls are telling you a story, but yet you feel comfortable. Um, it's like weird. I don't, I would never say like creepy or anything because it's not, um, it's just comfy. It just feels rooted. Like it feels like it's like going to grandmother's house, like where you know that the objects have meaning and that, like you're saying, like that the walls, if the walls could speak, right? Like the conversations, like we don't have any of that out West. And I think that's what's so interesting about the US too, is like, okay, our oldest buildings in California are from what, 1910? Like, that's not really that old. Like that's really, it's only a hundred years old versus back East. Like you can really get into some cool, historical, significant architecture and homes. And like you're saying, like farms, like full peach grove right there. Like that's so cool. And I think it was so fun to work on that project and really play up those elements, like play up the architecture and play up the history and, and give that its own like moment. But you've also been hosting events at Peach Grove House. So talk to us about what kind of events you've hosted, helped to host and hope to host in the new year. Yeah, well, we have, we just hosted in December, um, a Yelpies event, which um, is a Yelp. uh, How do I describe this? So Yelp, uh, followers affiliated. Yes, exactly. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Um, they were able to come and this is where they had their award ceremony. So we provided the house and then local other businesses provided so many other things uh, to make it a huge event for the Yelpies. And it was, it was really fun to just have all those people in the home. Um, and it was fun for me to be there and actually see it happen live. But so many people also rent our space for weddings or baby showers or someone this last Thanksgiving rented it for the entire week of Thanksgiving. And afterwards, we were talking. Yes, me too. And we were talking to them um, and they were just like, it was literally the perfect place for our family to have just like a nice gathering together. So 
Uh, there's so many different things you can rent our space for. We're hopeful, you know, in the coming future that we just keep having more events, whether we're the host behind them or you rent out this space to actually host your own event, whether it be a wedding or something like that. Yeah, I think it's such a great, you know, business to have in the portfolio here because it is kind of the only outlier that's really far out of Preston, Idaho. Yes. But there is a link. Like, what was the origin story for why Sawyer wanted to acquire this one in New York. Do you remember? Yes. So I do actually. So Sawyer is a, he loves history and um, he was on Zillow actually and was looking at historical homes and this one popped up and it just was the history behind the home is breathtaking. I mean, it's an 1850 colonial home you know, George Washington literally drove or not drove, uh, rode right past the like on the property. And the home itself just has really cool history. And so when Sawyer was reading about it and discovered it, it was just he was like, well, why not have one, a home in New York? But then two, why not have a historical home that really captures the meaning behind the space? What we didn't want to have happen was have someone buy it and then change it and like not keep the history. We wanted to, you know, preserve that history for years to come. Absolutely. And again, it makes it something that it adds that like bragworthy factor that the branding and then the architecture and the interiors and the experience and the location, like that all makes this perfect storm for just like a really memorable, super nostalgic, like very family friendly, like just like pure, like it just feels like goodness, you know? Yes. Yes, exactly. I would totally agree to all those words. And then contrast your stay at Peach Grove House with your stay at Hemsley Ranch, or your visit at least, because I know you went to go visit the ranch, which is a totally different look and feel, totally different persona, um, but sounds like also still a lot of fun. It is. It's so much fun, but I would not describe it as home. I would describe Mm. it as like, get your cowgirl and cowboy boots on and let's play dress up like you. Okay. there in your like you're sitting there in your room and everything is just on theme and so you want to match the theme you almost like uh-huh. I feel like my a different personality of me came out when I was there I just was like I yes. am gonna be a cowgirl and <laughs> so like you know you wake up every morning and it's just like you wanted to get your your cup of coffee or whatever you're drinking in the morning to be like, all right, here we go. Look at, you know, look at the ranch. It's massive because it's 20 acres. And so you can just see for miles and it's just beautiful. And yeah, anyway, so I would say it's also a lot more calm, not that Peach Grove House is calm, but at the ranch, I wanted to slow down. Whereas at Mm. Peach Grove House, I wanted to be like, I want to go explore. I want to do history things. Um, Hemsley Ranch really just makes you want to take a step back, sit in that living room, look out the window and just like ponder life, which is really cool. My whole family binged Yellowstone over Christmas break when we all watched okay, it together. Yes. <laughs> and I know that Yellowstone was like a big inspiration for Hemsley Ranch also. And so I kind of was like watching it over the top of my computer when I was like getting my work done. But now my family, like <laughs> we all do this shtick where we try to talk like Kevin Costner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I have to get the the cows over the ridge. <laughs> like we all just say the most ridiculous <laughs> stuff. It's like, I got to get to the gas station. Like in just this like grovelly old man voice. And it's just like, it is, but it's, it's universe building. It's theme building. Like you can't watch Yellowstone and not think like, oh, I want to like live that for a day. It's cool. It's totally. really cool. And so popular right now. 
It, it is. It's so popular right now. And so it's not available right now, but we are so excited to offer the availability super. I mean, it will be available with um, within 2023 to rent the space of Hemsley Ranch, whether you rent it for a wedding, just a family staycation, or, you know, maybe you're looking for somewhere to host Thanksgiving or whatever it might be, right? Like totally. we will be renting it soon. And what I love about the project of Hemsley Ranch is right now we have two homes on the property, but that's just the start. Like we are going to mm. get an apple orchard and we're going to get a garden. We're going to have animals, but it's not just something that you can like look at. We want people to come experience this with us. And so, you know, kids will be able to come and touch the horses and ride them and, help us get the eggs from the chicken coops and things like that. I mean, right now it's all, it's all vision. We're still working on all the details, but we're so excited for this project to come to life. And there's so much room for that brand too, to really grow and onto its own two feet. Right. And like be this right. place that you would, you would see on Instagram and want to save and want to send to your best friends and be like, Oh, we should do, we should totally do your birthday trip out here. You know, like that's where I feel like this thing is going. And it's been really fun to play with visually on Instagram and on TikTok. And the drone footage is so cool. Oh my gosh. Oh, like, yeah. Talk about wide open spaces. Like you got right. miles. Miles. <laughs> it's so it's cool. just so pretty. It's so fun to look at. So yes. <laughs> Yeah. So that's kind of all the projects for the most part that we can touch on without getting into giving away too many spoilers. Um, But you've also worked with a lot of different people being kind of this project manager lead person takes a lot of project management skills, a lot of following up with like little details, things like that. You've also worked with like a handful of creatives. What do you feel like stood out to you about working with our team? Because now we've had, again, like so many projects on the docket, which has been amazing. <laughs> but this is really just truly a nosy question of what about Team MKW Creative Co. has really kind of hit home with you guys. Oh, I, I really love this question because in reality, we had hired, you know, other brand designers before before we met you. And what our biggest, you know, there were a few factors. One, no one was hitting it on the head. And so that's obviously why we kept looking. We were like, well, this isn't working. We're going to keep finding. We're going to keep finding. One thing about Sawyer is he doesn't like the word no. He likes the word, okay, we'll try again. And we had hired a lot of designers that just kept being like, well, no, like this is what I presented to you is best. And Mm. we were like, "But, but no, it's not because we are the client and we don't like it. And so um, anyway, Sawyer actually saw one of your TikToks and fell in love and was like, (laughs) we reach out. And so I reached out literally the next day and we, but what was cool was the day I reached out was the same day I got a response. So I didn't have to wait, which I loved. And then it was like, okay, we're going to start conversation, which we did. We jumped on a call like immediately. I think it was like three days later or something. And, um, it was, you know, we started talking, we gave you one brand to do. Yes, we had edits, but the cool thing about the edits were it wasn't, oh, well, you know, Sawyer and Ashley, my idea is best. It was, okay, let me hear, let me, let, let me truly listen. You took it back to the drawing board and brought back exactly what we asked for. And so I know for a fact that's what made us stay. Like it was yeah. just the fact that there was no no's in the process. It was like, right. let's let's go crazy. What do you guys want? We're going to make it happen for you. But then I also have loved just like 
sometimes we don't know what we want. If I'm being honest, right. we're like, right. Hey, right. we have this brand called Polar Bear Eats. Here are a few examples of what it used to look like. Can you help us make it? Can you help us think of what it should look like? And I love that you really do, you know, you and your team put yourselves in position of like almost becoming that brand and you are like, okay, we're going to live it. We're going to live it for a day or whatever, a week. And then you present ideas to us, which help us think of other ideas as well. And so we just feel like it's a team effort with you, which we love, you know, we love being on a team and not just us versus you. It's no, we're, we're doing this together. Yeah. And I think a lot of these brands like really present for, for myself and for my team, like an opportunity for creative partnership. Like there's really so many different touch points. And I think because you guys both have such attention to detail and you care so deeply about what your audience thinks of your brand, like you said, you're not in it for the like quick get in, make cash, get out. That is not the vibe at all. And I'm very much like, like you in that I like to see those little moments where you can tell that someone took the time to really understand like, where is this going to live and breathe? How am I going to interact with it? What are those touch points that can really make that experience memorable? And with all the brands, we've really been able to kind of embed that in like a sneaky, like Easter egg kind of way. Um, yeah. It's like polar bear, like going back to what was the original logo and what colors were they using and what were the fonts and what elements can we bring forward where someone it's modernized, but it's not such a departure from what it used to be. Right. Same with peach grove house, Hemsley ranch too. Like how do we create branding for this new property that hasn't existed in your like hemisphere before, but to give it that feeling of it being really rooted and really um, historical as if it has been around for a hundred years. It's a really, really fun challenge. And that's why I don't like saying no is because I like to be up for the challenge. And even if I don't hit it out of the park on the first run for myself and like challenging my own design thinking, a lot of times when clients have edits back, it's because we we're close, but we like are on two different subway platforms. Like we're going yeah. the same direction, but it's like, we just need to get on the same page. And I need to understand like design is really translation services. It's understanding someone's words and then translating those into visuals and like making it look like the way that you described. Right. So totally. Yeah. It's the best job ever. I'm obsessed with it, obviously. Otherwise I wouldn't be doing it. Um, but <laughs> all of these projects have been just an absolute dream to work on, even if there are edits. So just had to ask that. Also with your management experience and running so many teams, um, what is your recommendation or, or advice for someone maintaining that forward momentum? We talked about like going fast in the direction of your dreams, not taking no for an answer, full steam ahead, build the rocket ship as you go. What other advice sticks out in your head is like, gosh, if I had to tell someone else who wants to do what we're doing, this is what I would say. Oh, I love this. I, I think of actually like two things. Um, my first is you have to know what drives you and you have to know your why I get asked a lot. Like, why do I do what I do? Because if I'm being totally honest, I don't think I've worked an eight hour day in months. I think I work 12 to 13 hour days, but I'm not working because I'm just wanting to slave to a clock. I'm working because what makes me truly happy is seeing other people reach their dreams, which is why I started my own business as a speaker to begin with is because I want to encourage people to go after their dreams. And I love helping Sawyer reach his dreams. And I love like being close to that. So my first thing is you have to, you have to ask what your why is, because if you don't know 
you will cave really fast. And on those hard days, it won't be easy to get back up. But mm-hmm. my second thing that came to mind when you ask this is um, I think about a car. So if you've ever driven a stick shift there, you know, there's like, there's all the gears. Okay. And in order to project manage correctly, I believe that everyone needs to understand the gears to their car or just the gears in general of life. So there's a gear called, and I didn't make this analogy up. I've actually learned this before. Um, Uh So it's called the five gears, but there is fourth gear and fifth gear. And so fourth gear is where most of us live every day. It's where we're doing a hundred things at once. Um, and we get, you know, we get half things done all the time. And then fifth gear is where we live when we're on an airplane where we turn off, you know, our phone, we have no connection to the outside world and we're just 100% in that moment. So my suggestion on how to project manage something well and how to have multiple ideas going on at once is to be really good at fourth gear, but then be really good at turning off and living in fifth gear to a finish, like get over the finish line. Mm. Um, So, you know, you can have 50 things going on, but if that's all you do every day, you'll never put the bow on top. And I learned that the hard way because I learned slowly, like, you know what, I was, I was emailing people back. I was responding, but I was never like, truly like, Hey, let me just give you this project and hours of attention And let me see what this project needs. And when I started doing that, I realized that's when the finished bow, that's when all the details really come together. So you have to understand. uh, Anyway, so my suggestion is, yes, live in fourth gear every day, but then maybe one day a week, set aside a day for fifth gear. And you might feel like you got nothing done that day. If you're anything like me, you're going to feel like, oh, my gosh, I got two things done. But in reality, the things you got done were the tying of the bow that that project needed. And it's regenerative. Like taking those breaks regenerates your fire to want to go do the things, right? So like I love my job and I can work my job. Like I was up till 1245 last night working on branding. So like I get it and I can be a bit of a workaholic too. But man, like I don't want to work this hard just to work this hard. I want to work this hard so that I can be fully present and I can have my friends up at the lake and we can go snowboarding on a Friday. Cause like, how cool is that? Like I want to get my jobs done so I can go enjoy the things that I want to do. And I don't have to have one or the other or do the, do either thing half-assed, right? I'd rather put my full ass into everything. (laughs) Amazing. Well, this has been so great to kind of just touch base and for everyone to get to know you better. I've been asking all the podcast guests for this season, um, just because it's a TikTok trend and I think it's a great trend, but it's also so insightful is what are your ins and outs for 2023? So what's, what is something that you want to embrace more of and what's something that you'd like to let go of? Ooh, I, I feel like there are so many answers. Um, okay. What I want to get rid of is, <laughs> I guess the first thing that comes to my mind, but I don't know if this is like even a good answer is I hate when people call me busy or when I say that I'm too busy. Ooh, busy. I want to get rid of that. I want to get rid of the word busy. I'm not too busy for you. I love, I, you know, if you are a part of my circle and my world, I'm not too busy for you. Um, so I need to get, I need to fix that. That's something that bugs me right now. Busy. I'm with you on that one. Yeah. But for 2023, something I want to like 
do more of is I want to live more in the moment or make magical moments that I look back on. And I remember like, that was so inspiring. That was so fun. Um, you know, so like right now, every single week for 30 minutes, I take my daughter on Tuesdays to go to a music class and it is the most random thing. But to me, it brings me so much joy to see her have so much joy. And I actually started leaving my phone in the car because I'm like, it's 30 minutes. I can be present with her for 30 minutes. Totally. And I want to do more of that this year. I want to be, be present more where it matters. And then you know, get rid of the too busy, whatever that means. I want to get rid of that. (laughs) Totally agree. Oh, this was such great advice. Like just from an entrepreneurship standpoint, project management standpoint, where can everyone find, follow, connect with you, keep up to date with all the projects, plug yourself, go for it. Oh, I love it. Okay. Well, you can uh, follow me just at ashley.brinton on Instagram and uh, you can find my personal website at ashleyspeaks.com. Uh, but then also all the projects we've talked about as well here, you know, with Hemsley Ventures, uh, we have all of our own Instagrams, Facebooks, and then all of our own websites. The one thing to remember is all of Hemsley Ventures websites are .co. Uh, and so, you know, it's we, we dropped the M. We're a little trendy. And <laughs> so, um, but yeah, follow us on all of those as well. And you won't miss a beat. If you, fo- if you follow us on one of those things, you'll see me there. Totally. Totally. Well, thank you so much, Ashley. And you're, you are one of the hardest working women I know, and it does not go unnoticed. So I'm very happy to even just be in your presence and just amoeba some of that energy off of you because it definitely kicks my butt into high gear. So super appreciate you. And thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Yes. Thank you for having me, Michelle. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks. Bye everybody. Thanks for joining us for the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. Don't forget to follow along and leave us a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. We'll see you in the Kiss My Aesthetic Facebook group for years and years of behind the scenes content and over 5,000 connections with fellow creatives. For show notes from today's episode, please visit mkwcreative.co slash podcast. This episode was edited by Berta Wired and theme music comes from Eliza Vera and Nathan Menard. Catch you next time.